I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Today, my guest is Jerry Ann Willis, co-founder of The Observatory, Edmonton's leading destination for independent luxury eyewear. Jerry Ann purchased her first optical retail space in downtown Edmonton in 1976 at the age of 23. And today, 46 years later, she's still going strong. Listen to our conversation to hear what makes a retail operation a success in today's highly digital world, why giving back to our community is key, and find out why taking over a business as part of an owner's succession plan might be the right choice if you're an entrepreneur looking for a new business idea. Here is our conversation. Jerry Ann, it's such a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female. Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Ava. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. So if you've listened to episodes on the show, I like to typically start these conversations by having guests go back down memory lane a little bit. So I'm curious to know when you were growing up and studying, uh, what kind of career did you envision for yourself? What kind of career did you imagine you'd have later in life? You know, when I was young, I was um, really into the arts. I I took ballet for a number of years and... uh, Oh, wow. I loved music and I loved animals. We did a lot of traveling when we were young. My father was was excellent at throwing us in the car and driving to dude ranches in Montana and Colorado and Disneyland. So I um, I really was attracted to the arts, but I didn't have any direct desire to what I wanted to do. That was kind of a big question for me as I was growing up. Mm. And tell me a little bit about what you chose to study and, you know, what what kind of career did you have uh, uh, after your years in school? And was it at all connected to what you're doing now or was it something completely different? Well, I was blessed to have a father who was anything but a chauvinist. Uh, Back in those days, um, uh, you know, it was a male dominated industry um, that I ended up in. And uh, women were not as um, moving as fast as I would have liked to have seen them back then in positions of power or uh, owning businesses or moving forward in their careers. And um, I was blessed to have a father who was in the optical business and an uncle as well. Um, and as I grew up and as I was uh, going to school, I often would go into my father's office and I would help him in his optometric practice. And, uh, you know, make spare change. And, you know, I, I found that it left an impression on me. He loved to work with the people. He took his job very seriously. He really cared about it. And he took it very, very far. Um, and it inspired me. And coming from that background of having a, a father that was so um, supportive uh, and telling me all my life that I could do anything I chose to do and I could be successful at it. Um, it encouraged me to be more independent. So um, once I left school, I realized that I had been working for my father a number of, you know, months off and on, and at other opticals off and on. And I had many jobs, many part-time jobs. I was always 
wanting to to work and and make my own money and be independent. And so um, at one point, I realized that the optical industry was something that I was finding very interesting and also frustrating because it was, like I say, male-dominated. It was more like a prosthetic device for people. It wasn't fashion-oriented. And I definitely felt, having the arts behind me, I felt a real desire to to, to uh, go out in the world and work at other opticals and see what the real world was like before I decided to embark upon it. So I left the sanctity of my father's office and ventured out into the real world and worked at a lot of different retail opticals and uh, ended up in a, in a different city doing the same thing once I was licensed. And the desire to be independent never left me. And I'd often talk to him about it and, and say, gee, I, I love my job. I love the people. I love the education aspect of it and the health aspect of it. But I don't like that it's such a, a dry environment. It's not a fun environment, and it should be. So that was the beginning of hatching my plan to be an independent optician. I, I love that. And it was kind of a very clear, you know, tra trajectory uh, along the way. Was your, was your father kind of interested in you taking over his own business? Was, was that something he was, you know, hoping for? Or was he supportive of your desire to be independent? Yeah, no, no, that wasn't definitely something that he was looking for. He really wanted me to go off on my own. And my vision was totally different from his. Um, mm. He was an optometrist. I was an uh, optician. Mm -hmm. So my dream was to have my first store. And I was very fortunate because uh, at one point I had been living in British Columbia and I decided to move back to Alberta. And he had told me that there was a office, a, a retail optical for sale that uh, I had worked in in the past and asked me if I was interested because he knew I was passionate about uh, starting my own business. And I jumped at the, at the offer and he said uh, that he would co-sign my first loan And the amazing thing about it was there was no, um, no conditions. He told me, you know what you're doing. You're good at what you're doing. I'll co-sign your loan. If you need me, call me. I'll be there, but I will leave you to do what you need to do. So that was my first step in uh, having my own business. And it was a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. um, I learned some of the fundamentals of business pitfalls and the strengths, but I did very, very well with that company. I bought it and had it for about six years. And then um, I had a, a personal loss and it encouraged me to seek some other adventures. Not that I had uh, decided I didn't want to do uh, the retail optical anymore, but I had also been a singer and I had taken I'd been classically trained and had spent um, most of my, um, you know, teenage years and into my adult years uh, singing, uh, working with various wow. bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided that I was going to sell my business and I was going to um, get uh, a working band together and we were going to go on the road <laughs> and make a living to do this. Amazing. I wanted to see if I had the chops. <laughs> <laughs> to see if all that uh, time and and I, I love music and I, I still do actually it's something that is still part of my life and um, this took some time so once I sold my business I took a little time to uh, get that together that took about a year and a half and during that time I got offered a position as a publicist with Bass Tickets 
And it was just such a, a exciting offer because I had never had that experience before. And I was offered the opportunity to learn, you know, on the street, like on the job uh, by somebody who is in the media. And it mm -hmm. was really a, a learning experience and I loved it. I got to work with uh, such touring companies at the, as the Great Circus of China. Um, wow. I, uh, the Montreal Symphony, uh, the, um, the Peking Opera. And uh, it was a real learning experience on how to uh, work with the media, mm -hmm. uh, which is a really important criteria when you're trying to work and promote your business and deal with the media and get your message out. Of course. Um, so, so that was a, a really a wonderful job and, and a great a learning experience. And uh, then I went on the road with a band for about two years and we made a living at it and we were well received. And I did prove to myself that I am a singer and uh, that I Good can hold you. my own. <laughs> and um, then when, um, when that came to an end after about two years, bands are very complicated to keep going. It's, it's a tough life. It's not the easiest um, life living on the road, but I'm glad I had the experience. Uh, but I decided then we, we could have continued, but I decided then that it was important for me to do some traveling. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> with this band, I met my future husband, uh, who ah. was the bass player in the band. Yeah. And uh, we, it was it was very interesting time. And, uh, and 35 years later, we're still together. Um, Congratulations. And, uh, yes. And again, he's a very um, open male. He's not a, there's no chauvinistic bone in his body. He's always mm -hmm. giving me credit where credit is deserved. And, um, but backtracking a bit, uh, once we came back from uh, traveling through Southeast Asia for about six months, uh, I came back and I was thinking about starting another retail optical. But at that point, I had been offered a job with the Alberta Wildlife Park. And my other passion, again, besides singing, is animals. Mm. I'm, I love animals. I've owned horse at horse in the past. And uh, when my husband met me, I had um, 12 doves, uh, two cats, and a German shepherd. So he knew Ooh, what he was getting into. <laughs> yeah, I like animals a lot. So the Alberta Wildlife Park was another very interesting experience. Again, I only worked there for about a year and a half uh, while I was building the concept for my new retail store. And it was wonderful because I got to take snow leopards and African pygmy goats to schools and hospitals and on TV to educate people about wildlife and got involved in 100 years of conservation for Alberta. And uh, there were some really wonderful nurturing experiences that I learned from the people that I worked with and, and the animals. It was uh, fun to develop concepts of, of events and uh, mm -hmm. to work with the animals as well. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That, and that's quite a, a, a well-rounded uh, career that you've had up to that point. I'm curious to know um, from your time as, you know, a singer, a band member, being on the road, and then that experience uh, uh, working with, uh, you know, with animals, with wildlife, um, are there things that you were able to, you know, maybe it was lessons or, or just experiences that you brought back to your life as an entrepreneur and, and things that you find you can apply in, in what you're back to doing today? 
Well, the one lesson I learned over and over again is that I like to be uh, controlled of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. That I get very mm-hmm. frustrated when things aren't done to the standards that I think they should be done. And I learned that over and over again. And not being critical, but I have, you know, um, my own standards. And I found that that I really did want to control the environment I worked in and my destiny. Mm. So, yeah, and I love working. That's one of the the advantages of my business is the people. And I found that that was a, 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 you know, constant for me. I love the people in all my uh, careers that I that I partook in. I did enjoy the people, um, communicating with people, educating people, but I wanted to control the environment. So mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. the big thing that, that I came back to. And other than, you know, that desire to kind of run a business based on your own standards, um, what are things that you, you feel you bring to your role as a business owner that you think are are important qualities for an entrepreneur to have? Well, I think it's important to trust your instincts. I think women have amazing instincts, not that men Mm -hmm. don't, but I think that we have a good handle on that. I think it's important to follow your dreams and, um, Open yourself to new ways of thinking and always strive to do something new. Don't do what Mm -hmm. everyone else has done. Follow your own path. Mm -hmm. Look at it from a new perspective. Um, Read, learn, expose yourself to people that have more experience than you because you're definitely, uh, it's very flattering to ask somebody who's had more experience than you. And most people are very uh, happy to share their wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it's really important to live your, your truth mm-hmm. and uh, also to ask yourself some of those hard questions about what it is that will make you happy. Um, keep your eyes open. Running a business is not easy. Uh, it's not all, um, you know, glossy and perfect. Yeah. Uh, you're going to you know, you're going to make mistakes. Um, and don't be so hard on yourself when you do make mistakes. Uh, learn from them and move forward. Um, there's going to be years when you're not going to take the time off that you see your friends taking off, perhaps, or taking uh, vacations as often, or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things can happen. So um, you, you have to look at it uh, with your eyes open. It's not always easy. There's so much to learn from it and so many rewards. Um, if I do some quick math, you've mentioned you've been with your husband for 35 years um, and you started, you know, your, your first business before meeting him. So you, you've been an entrepreneur for, for a little bit of time now. Uh, you've got mm-hmm. some, some good experience in that field. Um, do you find that there are more opportunities, and I would I would hope there are? Uh, is it easier for a woman to own a business today, to run a business, to you know present herself as um, the founder, the leader of a company? And um, what would you say are kind of the you know the 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 main things that change? And are we going in the right direction in in that regard? Huge changes. I have gone into um, like I will tell you that I did invite my husband to join me in my business uh, at my third store, uh, the observatory. Um, And I can't tell you how many times that when he came to a meeting with me, people asked him if he was, asked him if he brought his secretary. Um. Um, So, so, I mean, 
I and he has said to me so many times over the years, how do you handle that? Like, doesn't it bother you? Because if there was often a male in the office, whether it was an employee or him, people would um, years ago would often just go straight to him. Right. I made it a, a conscious choice not to allow this to bother me because mm. uh, there's no point in it. But I made also a conscious choice to do things my way and not to be offended by that because things mm-hmm. are changing. And I, I'm really pleased to see that. I talk to a lot of young women that are embarking on their careers and not afraid to challenge themselves and have their own businesses. Things have changed amazingly. It's uh, wonderful to see. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. And also based on your or on your long experience as a as a, an owner as an as an entrepreneur, are there things you wish you knew? Like those first few years in business, um, what what kind of things do you wish you know you had learned already, or you know wish that somebody had shared those secrets with you? And you did have a father in the business, so I'm assuming that provided a little bit of help. Uh, but what were those kind of big lessons that you had to face? I would say know that you're not always going to be successful, that the choices you make are not always going to be right, that you learn your greatest lessons from the mistakes that you make. Um, For me as a business owner, it was critical to learn some real fundamentals of running a business, like taking courses on uh, signing a lease, for example. It seems like such a simple thing or um, keep learning from from the experts, read publications that are international. Don't ever stop learning. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter your age. I think I answered your question. Yeah, no, that was great. And also based on, you know, your, your successful track record, and you've mentioned that, you know, you're, you're, you're in business with your, with your husband. So your, your husband's also your business partner. Um, what are things that you learned along the way about kind of navigating personal time, you know, company time, business time, and is it possible to achieve some kind of balance? And I feel like women are always kind of being asked, you know, how do you achieve work-life balance? I don't know if there is such a thing, but how, you know, how do you navigate uh, kind of having a, a, a busy career, owning your own business, which comes with a lot of responsibilities, often, you know, almost 24-7, and prioritizing time for yourself and for family as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very fortunate because I really like my husband, and I like him <laughs> as, a, as a partner and a business partner, as a personal partner and a business partner. Um, and uh, when we were working 
full time in the store, we had different shifts. So we weren't always together, but we had a good foundation for that because being on the road together, we were together pretty well 24 seven. And um, I think we are kind of an anomaly because we actually mm -hmm. do seek each other out. We enjoy each other's company. Um, saying that, I think that we all as women need more supportive partners in the home space. And I think that's really changing because you're right. Mm -hmm. It's very yeah. difficult if you're doing more of the uh, traditional roles in the home. And, uh, but I'm seeing that change dramatically because I have talked to a lot of women that, that don't do any uh, cooking and cleaning mm -hmm. and that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, and their husbands do it or there's partners spouse to it. So I, I think that uh, those roles are definitely changing and it's making it easy for women, easier for women to let go of that role as well, because that's part of the formula, um, mm. is to let other people do some of those things to support you and also um, do what helps you stay healthy because mm. you cannot do everything. You cannot be everything to everybody. You cannot be a business owner and a fantastic cook and a fantastic homemaker and, uh, you know, do all the things that you want to do and do them well, because something's, you're going to pay the price. So right. for me, it was, it was getting a housekeeper in. Um, it was right. going out for dinner. It was still having those things that I love doing and being social and, uh, doing Christmas dinner or whatever it took, but also knowing when to pull back. And I can't mm -hmm. say that's something that I always knew because there was times when I think back, I should have probably taken care of myself more because I worked a little too hard. Um, mm. Sometimes you have to step up when you're a businesswoman or a business person. You have to step up and do what needs to be done. And, and that can yeah. go on for, for years. But I think we are learning how to have a better balance in life um, right. just by seeking the support that we need. Yeah. And it's okay to pick the roles we want to play as well. As you're saying, somebody who is not feeling called to be, you know, at home cleaning and, and cooking, that's okay too, right? It's, it's, we can, we can pick and choose. I, I love to hear this because I come from a very traditional background when I was growing up um, and I really didn't have, I'm, I mean, there were wonderful role models. My, my mother was a wonderful role mother, mother and, uh, but she wasn't a business person. Right. And I remember her asking me once, how do you know all this stuff? How did you learn all this stuff? The reason she asked me that is our roles were changing so much. Her mm. role as a woman was so different from my role. And my role as a woman is so different from somebody who's starting out in their career. I'm seeing monumental changes and it's wonderful. So uh, we have to be flexible. I love to hear about uh, these changes in roles. I think this right. is wonderful. This is a good evolution. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you about your definition of leadership and how you approach, uh, you know, building kind of a certain culture in, in internally and really bringing your philosophy to the team that, that works alongside you in the business. I, I believe that good employees don't need to be micromanaged. I like people to bring their individuality to to their job, and um, and I like to keep the communication open. It's really critical to make sure that the door is always open to discuss any problems or issues that need to be addressed. But I also like to give them the freedom to be who they are and to show me their talents, because uh, if they're not feeling creative, 
there's no point in being in their job. So, um, again, no micromanaging. And uh, if you treat your staff well, they will treat your clients well. The, the attitude comes down from the top. That's a very good point. And speaking of culture, I know that uh, giving back to the community is something that's very important for you, for, for your business. Um, talk to me a little bit about the initiatives that you've taken on in, in that field. Mm -hmm. Well, in the past, we've done some fundraising for Operation EyeSight, uh, which is an organization that collects used eyewear for uh, countries that are less advantaged. And uh, we used to host a dinner yearly for, for several years and uh, raise funds as well as uh, collect eyewear for that. Another really fun one that we had, uh, we got involved in was the Elton John AIDS Foundation. I was fortunate enough to meet Elton John in New York. Uh, he was very gracious, uh, even though we were told he was not going to do any photographs or pictures, photos, we, he actually invited me into the inner circle and we got a a wonderful photo with him, and he was very gracious. He uh, collaborated with uh, another company to create uh, the Elton John um, optical frame and clip uh, that all the sales uh, benefited his AIDS Foundation. So we uh, were involved with that, and we also did an auction for his AIDS Foundation. And we've also worked with the Western Guide Dog Foundation. And again, it's sort of marrying my love of animals with my love of eyewear. Um, I know this might seem kind of silly to some people, but dogs uh, do get eye problems. They have conditions called, uh, like, for example, panis, or uh, when dogs like to ride on motorcycles or stick their head out the window, they need to protect their eyes. It can be very expensive. Mm -hmm. So we sold a product uh, called Doggles when I came across it in one of my buying trips. And it is goggles for dogs. And we were the first ones to bring it in. And we had so much fun with it. Uh, I have a book of pictures of the sweetest pups with these doggles on. And uh, all the money went to uh, the Western Guide Dog Foundation. I love that as a category. We just had um, our, our guest, uh, um, I think in the episode just before yours, um, actually owns a, a company that uh, that creates and manufactures dog accessories. But uh, more like dog apparel. So this is, this is really the, the next category that's needed. So oh yeah, no, it's, it's very functional. And, um, we had people come in and get several pairs, you know, so it was, it was very successful. And we also like to support the arts. You know, we, we do, uh, donate to many, um, fundraising auctions and that sort of thing. So yeah, we, we, we love to get involved with the community. It's very important to us. Well, congratulations for, for everything you're doing on, on that front. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Uh, something I want to ask you, given the field you're in, and we've had a lot of women on the show who, you know, own uh, companies that that have retail space that are based on on retail operations. Um, how do you feel about the future of retail? And we, I feel like we're having these conversations every couple of years, right? Like, ooh, retail might be dead because e-commerce is uh, on the rise, and and we know people are shopping. Uh, online digitally more and more. And we saw during COVID, uh, you know, obviously e-commerce became became the only option when we had store closures. Um, how how do you feel about, you know, your line of business specifically uh, in, in, in the eyewear and in the, in the uh, uh, opticians business? And do you think that it's a model that's here to stay or how do you see evolution for, for your business over the next uh, the next few years? I think the model that's here to stay is the independent business. 
because big box stores can't respond to consumer needs or changes in the direction of fashion. Uh, smaller retail stores can give people better service. Right. We can respond to trends. Um, we are busier than we've ever been, and there's more competition out there than ever before. And it's mm. because people want a tactile experience. Shopping is fun. I don't know many people that don't enjoy shopping. Uh, you know, it's part of the part of the being active, getting out there and seeing what's new and exciting. Um, it is morphing. It's definitely changing. And there will be the people that try the online. And I mean, I, I do it myself, but it doesn't replace the shopping mm -hmm. experience. Or for, for the retail optical industry, because it's so technical and so mm -hmm. individualized, yeah. no yeah. client is the same. And their job or their needs visually are changing. And visually, our demands are higher than they've ever been with uh, the multimedia you know, aspect of our lives. So I don't see it really going away. I think if anything, it's going to become more niche oriented. Hmm. That's a that's a very good point, right? That the 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 very specific expertise that we know we can only go to a specific store or place of business for. That's very interesting. And personal personally, I find that when I go into a big box store, there's very few of them that I go into and have had that experience where I think you're doing the best job you can do. You're making it easy for your clients to come in and find what they want. And I don't find that's the case. I find it getting harder and more frustrating. So mm -hmm. I think yeah. that they're going to have to change the way they relate to their clients and their customers to stay strong. That, that's a good point. And I think we're all seeing now the, uh, you know, the aftermath of the pandemic and everything that went along with it. But customer service overall seems to have, you know, gone downwards. It's, it's more difficult finding uh, qualified staff and expert staff in, in multiple industries right now. So I think that's another good argument in the favor of uh, independent business owners. Mm -hmm. Well, finding good staff has always been a, um, a classic problem in any business. But again, you know, look for those people that you see are have a passion or are eager to learn. I mean, mm. sometimes we think you only can hire experienced staff, but if you want to mold somebody to to understand your direction and, and what your business is about, there's people out there that would love to be part of that. And um, often we brought people along that had no desire to become an optician when they got involved in the business. They got very excited because it was encompassing fashion and service and it was fun. Mm. You know, the bottom line is you know, you've got to love what you're doing. You've got to break the mold and, and even your staff has got to be enjoying it. You know, you have to create an environment that your, your staff's having fun, you're having fun and your clients are having fun. And when they leave, they want to talk about it. That's the best advertising you can get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, something I'm curious to ask you relating to, you know, the question of staff Um and you, you know, you had a father in, in, in the same business as yourself, but you chose to build your own company and open your own store. Are you hoping to have succession for your business? Would you want it to see, you know, continued even after you retire? Um, and, and if so, is there a succession plan that you're starting to think about? Absolutely. There's a succession plan. A little too early to discuss it, but uh, definitely <laughs> well, there's a succession plan because I put so much heart and soul into this business. 
Exactly. And yeah. like I say, I, I believe in independent business. I support it as much as I can. And I would very much like it to carry on as it is. And there's a good, good chance that that will happen. And do you think in general, because that's, you know, I think a, a topic that comes up because we hear again of uh, operations that have, you know, multiple retail stores. And at this point, it becomes a, a larger enterprise. But for, for business owners who have one or just a few locations, um, do you feel that uh, businesses like your own are an interesting opportunity for entrepreneurs who are looking for a business idea, right? Instead of starting from scratch, kind of looking at an established business that they can perhaps take over or, you know, become involved with um, as opposed to building their own. You know, building your own uh, store is a very expensive prospect and you have to be financially in a position to do that. So I think that buying a business and with the demographics, the way they are, a lot of people are leaving their business and like myself, wanting it to carry on. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of opportunity out there for young people to jump on board and see a future for themselves. And that will be satisfying to the person that built the business, like you say, to carry it on. Um, so that is definitely a great opportunity for so many young people. If they've been with a, a business for a while and they see this is passion, this is something that I could get excited about. And uh, uh, I think there's definitely an opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, you can make it your own eventually, but at least you have a good foundation to start with. Mm -hmm. Making it your own is critical because it's got to be about who you are. You can't be somebody or not. In the same vein, what would be your advice, maybe top, you know, two or three tips for young entrepreneurs, maybe women specifically who are starting their own business? Mm. Well, again, I mentioned this before, uh, trusting your instincts and knowing that uh, you're ne never going to get anywhere unless you take some risks. Uh, but make calculated risks, learn, read, get as much information as you can, spend time in the library or, or talking to people that have been there before you, uh, find out their mistakes and uh, try not to repeat them, but know that you will make some mistakes. It's just part of the process of the growth process. And, um, you know, keep your standards high. Uh, it's the journey. It's not the destination. Um, and it should be meaningful. I know when I come home uh, from a day with clients over the years, it is I come home feeling good about what I accomplished and good about the relationships that I've I've made. And um, it's it you should feel. I mean, it's not a hundred percent for sure. I'm not going to whitewash it, but uh, you should be. There should be more satisfaction than pain. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's next for, for you, for your own business? What's uh, something that you're excited about on the agenda for maybe 2023, the new year that is just around the corner? Well, uh, we're all, I'm always traveling. I'm looking forward to going back to some of the international shows that I haven't been able to go to mm. for a little while because of mm -hmm. COVID. So their show is in Paris and uh, Milan and New York. Of course, New York this spring. So we're very excited about that. Um, and uh, constantly looking for new ways to keep the store uh, leading edge and finding the most interesting product, the collaborations out there that uh, inspire us and make us excited to show them to people. Um, 
and continue to uh, develop my antique eyewear collection, which I've been working on for a number of years. That's Ooh. really fun. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. had so much fun with that. And also for myself on a more personal level, singing and uh, doing some more traveling. That sounds absolutely wonderful. And in closing, my favorite question to ask guests, I'm curious to know your answer specifically. What's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing you wish women would do less of? And this can be in the entrepreneurial context or it can be just with life in general. Mm. Well, I'd love women to uh, feel their power, not feel uh, marginalized. Um, to be less critical of each other and to connect with each other and share that power and that strength because we have a lot to add to the world and uh, we have been marginalized way, way too long and it's wonderful to see that changing and moving forward. We're we're showing the world what we've got and uh, I think the world is better for it. I like that a lot. What's one thing women should do less of? Be critical of each other. You know, we need to band mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. And, and be less concerned about being following the norm and uh, breaking the mold, showing mm. people that, you know, you can be anything you want to be. There's nothing holding you back except yourself. Mm. Very good advice. Well, thank you so much, Jerry. It was great hearing about your journey and your business. Um, we'll keep an eye out for, for what's coming next. And uh, thank you so much for making time to speak with me today. It's my pleasure, Eva. Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.